Welcome back to this podcast that we call The Wise Man's Fear page. And this episode is called episode 723. And it's a book that we read and then we talk about it into the podcast years. I tapped her opposite side under her armpit, then her shoulder. Show me. I came in close to her, set one leg close against her knee and made thunder upward, throwing her to the side. I was surprised at how little force was required. However, instead of being thrown into the air to tumble to the ground, Shaheen gripped my forearm. I felt a jolt run up my arm and was pulled one staggering step to the side. Rather than being thrown, Shaheen used her grip as leverage, so her feet came down beneath her. She took a single perfect step and had her balance again. Shaheen looked me straight in the eye for a long speculative moment, then turned to leave, gesturing for me to follow. That's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. There's a single perfect step on this page. There sure is. Hang on, Jordana, are you a far distance from your microphone? Because you sound very, very dim. No, I, I was just kind of whispering. Oh, okay. For effect. That's right. There is a single perfect step on this page. I to Because I know there's the third single perfect step at the very end of this book, I'm wondering if that's the magic three, if the single perfect step comes back again before the very end. Because if so, that's a long pause between the third perfect step. But if there are others, I do not recall them. But I like that the this repetition here associates the perfect step with Shaheen and with mastery. Yes, mm-hmm. I like it. Something we did not talk about yesterday is that Quoth correctly identifies where the branch is in Shaheen's stance. And Shaheen seems surprised that he has sort of like figured this out so soon. Mm-hmm. He's a quick study. And we know that, but she does not. Well, we hear from Quoth that he he sees that. But I mean, he might just be seeing things. The context does seem to indicate that he's right, right? He thinks for a long moment, then taps her knee. Though she gave no sign of it, I sensed her surprise. And and then he taps the other places. And then she doesn't say, like, the last time he identified it incorrectly, she said, wrong. Like, no, that's not right. From here to here is the thing. So she, the fact that she doesn't correct him kind of tells me that he's right. Um... And I think that maybe what's surprising to her is not that he's right, but that he identified like the least likely part of the stance first. Uh, this is perhaps my own um, close reading running away with me, but we know that Quoth has a tendency to find the more complicated solution when a simpler solution might do. Uh, and if there's three kind of like, key points on the body that would break this stance. I wonder if he's identified the least likely one first, and that's why she's surprised. We've been talking about branches in terms of arms most of this time, so the armpit and the shoulder make sense. So maybe, she, maybe you're onto something, Jeremy, and she's surprised that he's identified the knee correctly. And I think what's also important on this page is that he does it correctly. Like Having identified these, he does manage to throw her mm-hmm. with a surprisingly little amount of force. Mm -hmm. And then of course she's so good that she doesn't actually get thrown. She basically just uses him as a fulcrum to land on her feet again. Yeah. She knows the counter move. I'm definitely picturing for this move, that judo throw where you like you take a step forward and put the back of your shin against the back of their knee and kind of use that. Like you, you, you step forward and, push your arm forward and they kind of trip over the back of your leg. Ah, yes. The equestrian's gambit. And then what (laughs) is that actually what it's called? Yes. No, No. I think you're lying. 
Uh, I, I think so too. There, there is a word for it. It's a pretty, like if you ever see people doing judo, it's like a pretty common judo throw, I think. But then what I picture Shaheen doing is, yeah, as you say, like basically using his arm as a fulcrum so that when her legs go out from under her, they just go over and she like lands on her feet again. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm not really picturing this, this conversation makes me think about the the black, what I think I call the Black Widow spin, which is in every Marvel movie, Black Widow always does this thing where she like flips around a person using them. Yeah, as, like, yeah, a pole. yeah, 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 for sure. I but I don't picture Shaheen landing in the uh, the 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 pose that Black Widow always in the ends hair up flip landing pose? in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like low no, half yeah, split. Would... Yeah, exactly. Where she tosses her hair up, which, which they then call yeah. attention to in the Black Widow movie. Yes, that's very funny, actually. Yeah, uh, a movie that casts her decision in Avengers: uh, Infinity War into a new baffling light because suddenly she has something to live for. Arguably, she has more to live for than um hawkeye at that point so why is she so determined to be the one who gets sacrificed for the soul stone she should be like you know what hawkeye i actually have a task now to track down and free all the other black widow soldiers so you know i've been doing that for the last couple years and there's a whole lot more so maybe you should be the one to go like it really does invalidate the character No. no see i think that's a complete misreading i think the whole point of it is she like now we are meant to understand that the thing she values more than anything else is this family. And now that she knows that her black widow family is going to be doing the work of rehabbing the, the, the freed black widows and Hawkeye still has a family to live for. She's like, the Avengers are my family and I am willing to die for them. That's I think the context we're meant to understand. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. I think it shows a weakness in the um, the weft of the franchise if you have to watch two movies and then do a bit of mental gymnastics to uh, put together the motivations of a character. But then again, I don't think anybody is arguing that the Marvel movies are high culture. They're just monoculture. Is there anything else we want to talk about on this page? Uh, well, I have my final notes, if that's all right with you. Sure. Uh, this is the end of a chapter. This chapter was called beauty and branch uh the the beauty being in that quoth talks about how like things have beauty and utility and the branch being the thing that quoth has to find in order to figure out the moves and be good at them there's also a tree that has branches and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. that too and in a sense like the conversation about beauty kind of makes us think Uh, because they talk about like, is this thing beautiful because it's useful? Is it beautiful because is it useful and thus has beauty? Uh, That kind of leads into like the utilitarian nature of 8M martial arts and how Shaheen is beautiful when performing them because she is, you know, efficient and utilitarian in her practice of them, right? Like she never takes three steps when one step will do. And that is beautiful. Yes. Yes. We have a letter today submitted via the Discord from our good friend Bill, who writes on the Cathay and its power. Now that you've read through Quoth's encounter, how do you actually view the Cathay's power? What limits do you think it has? Do you think, like Sauron, it can only see well enough to show you something that gets you to act with an immediate and direct impact? Like one roll of the dice to make someone do something bad, and then hopefully that thing cascades into more? 
Or do you think the Cathay has exceptionally far-reaching powers like Hari Seldon and Asimov's foundation? Is it possible the Cathay could exert leverage on the Chronicler through Quoth, for example? I have always been a bit vexed by how unconcerned Felurian is in comparison to Bast's outrage. I like the take that Bast may be working from stories with bits of truth rather than perfect knowledge. That leaves me a bit hesitant to believe Bast when it comes to the full extent of the Cathay's powers. What do you think? All that's good. Signed, Bill. I try not to think about this stuff too much because I think the story will tell me ultimately. Uh, but I do believe that the that the Cathay has perfect knowledge of all possible futures and whatever it said to Quoth, it's thinking like, you know, decades ahead in terms of the harm that it wants to cause. And it's trying to, it's gaming out. If I say this to Quoth, then in five years, he's going to meet this person and say this thing to them. And that'll ruin their family's life for generations to come. And in 10 years, Quoth is going to meet this guy and that's going to cause a war. And in 11 years, Quoth is going to meet this other guy. Like, I think that it is, it is calculating what maximum possible harm can I do by saying what things to Quoth now. Uh, to the, in terms of what, uh, like the kind of the different attitudes, I do think that like Bast is just like a more, because he's younger and I feel like he just like has more skin in the game in terms of like the mortal world. I think like Valerian basically is, is kind of like a Tom Bombadil in that she doesn't have the attention span to care that much about, like, the future. Uh, whereas Bast is a little bit more mortal perspective in that way. I find it more interesting if the the Cathay can exert that kind of influence. I've never actually read anything by Asimov, so I don't know about Harry Seldon, but I do find it more interesting if the Cathay actually does have perfect vision and that it is as Jeremy said, like gaming out the most damaging act. And if that is true, then I think that the writing of this story is the act that is the Cathay's end goal, like that the writing and dissemination of this story is the the very damaging act that will ultimately cause the most grief. Although I, I do think also that Bast is a likely candidate for committing some atrocity uh, in the name of, of bringing Quoth back. And in... in in the most clear um, influence by the Cathay. Uh, but I, I do think that all of our central characters in the frame are kind of at risk of being manipulated. As as our as Bill writes here, the Cathay could exert leverage on Chronicler through Quoth. I think that Chronicler and Bast are both likely suspects as well. But I, I think it is also most elegant if this story that we're reading is the bomb shot into the future by the cafe yes i feel like i feel like there are probably many bombs shot into the future within within the story but the story itself is also that yeah it's like the the heart of the cluster bomb indeed all right uh Uh, shall we send cluster bombs into the future by by moving on to our next episode sounds like a plan that's indeed then uh you can enjoy those explosions on tomorrow's page the wind! Wind!